I am Adele. I am here to read your Bible reading this morning. We're looking at Psalms and uh, chapter 62. That's Psalm 62. I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. How long will you threaten a man? Will all of you attack if he is leaning? If if he were leaning, try it again. Will all of you attack as if he were a leaning wall or a tottering fence? They only plan to bring him down from his high position. They take pleasure in lying. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Common people are only a vapour. Important people, an illusion. Together, on a scale, they weigh less than a vapour. Place no trust in oppression or false hope in robbery. If wealth increases, don't set your heart on it. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice, strength belongs to God. Sorry. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to God and faithful love belongs to you, Lord, for you repay each according to his works. Amen. Welcome to uh, those who have already welcomed you this morning. Good to see you here. And uh, today we have we continue to look at our summer psalm series, Psalm 62. And uh, we've heard, even, uh, even in this service so far, of quite a lot of change in people's lives. I've heard of Brad and Jess uh, changing. We've, uh, um, we've had um, Gay speaking of her changes in her uh, life with health. Um, uh, we've heard of Mike and, and Kel, they're obviously big changes for them as well. Now, this just change means security is often at, uh, often at threat. And, uh, you know, if I, if I asked you this sentence, uh, asked you this question, how would you finish this? Uh, I would feel my life would be more secure if I had. What would you put in there? You know, you might put in there if I, had, uh, if I knew what the future was going to be, if I had a job. If I had a family, if I had a spouse, if I had children, if I didn't have spouse, if I didn't have children, whatever it might happen to be, you know, you can name it. If I had a car, if I had a holiday house, if I had a, you know, a, a very healthy bank balance, if I had superannuation that I could really trust in, what do you, where, you know, where would you put your security? Where are you thinking? And often we don't think about this. And often we don't understand what, what we're putting our security in until it's taken away from us. And then we go, oh, you know, that really hits hard. Uh, this week I conducted the funeral of my auntie. 
uh, and it was, uh, it was quite, it was a, it's a stressful thing conducting a family funeral. Uh, but you know, at the end, there she is. She's in a coffin. What do we make of that? Does not our hearts cry out, well that shouldn't be the end? And of course it's not. But the problem is we trust in the things of this world. Thankfully she knew the Lord and we know where she is. But the world says trust in this, put your security here. And at the end of the day, as we'll see in this psalm, as Adele's read for us, whether you're rich, rich and famous or whether you've got nothing, uh, we're just a vapour. So we, got, we need to trust in something else other than ourselves and other than the things that are around us. So we come to Psalm 62. Now the Psalms, by the way, are the songbook of the King, the songbook of the Anointed One, the songbook of God's Messiah, if you like. And King David sings these psalms, sings these songs. Uh, yet they, in a sense, point to the Messiah, King Jesus. And yet, as and King Jesus takes up the psalms, and he sings, in a sense, from the same songbook. There's a melody line. I've already had that. Uh, Robert mentioned a melody line of the flute uh, taken out before. Now, this, when King Jesus comes, he takes up the psalms. And he takes up that melody line as well. And as we come to Jesus and as we follow Jesus, so we too can take up the Psalms and sing along with them, having trusted in Jesus and following him. Well, Psalm 62's melody is unmistakable. And it is this, David's trust in God and in God alone. That's it. We see it uh, through a number of times in this, in this uh, passage. His trust in God and in God alone, verses 1 and 2. And in verses 5 to 8, there's an affirmation of, God's of his trust in God alone in verses 1 and 2. There's an encouragement to others and to himself in verses 5 to 8 to trust in God. And there's a foundation of, God's, of trust in God in verses 11 and 12. So we see trust, trust, trust in three different places, at the start, in the middle and at the end of this psalm. And sandwiched, if I can use that word, in between those two, uh, what I would call threats to the trusting in God. There's the threat of persecution. So trouble hits. Trouble hits King David. Is he going to keep trusting in God or is he going to flee to, to, to the enemy over here and, and ask him for help against his enemies? What's he going to do? So persecution is a real threat to trusting in God. And also the, third, the, the threat number two, uh, sandwiched there between the, the, the second and the third trust, is uh, trusting in others, trusting in people, or trusting in possessions. So I call this psalm the club sandwich psalm, because we see trust, 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 and sandwiched between them as threats to God's trust. Now, when I was growing up, I'm a fitter and turner from the western suburbs of Sydney, all right? I, I knew nothing about a club sandwich. Uh, and you might not know what a club sandwich is either. Good for you if you don't. But when I started working at St Thomas's North Sydney, well, I found out I learned a lot of things over there. And one thing was I learned what a club sandwich was. And they're fairly expensive because most of the time I had to pay for them while I was taking people out. But it's got not only two pieces of bread, it's got three pieces of bread. 
and sandwiched between them is two fillings, not just one, but two fillings. And Psalm 62 is like that. If you like, the crust is trust and there's fillings in between them. Well, let's get into it. Firstly, there's an affirmation of God's trust and in God's trust alone from verses 1 and 2. Okay, you're all here and maybe if you can read, let's read these verses together. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Here David affirms his trust is in God and in God alone. He would have had plenty of things to trust in. He's the king of Israel. He had stacks of stuff. He had plenty of things he could have trusted in. He could have had, he had his servants, he had his soldiers, he had his palace, he had everything. He had plenty of things. He didn't need anything, so the world would say, but no, he says, my trust is in God alone. My salvation comes from him. And he says, my soul finds rest in God alone. The soul, that's the real you, finds rest in God alone. That's what King David says. He had everything and yet he knew what he really and ultimately needed and that was God. And God was his rest. God was his fortress. God was his salvation. God was his rock. And as such, he will never be shaken. It's a quietness, if you like, before God. As we will see in a moment, it's a quiet amidst the turmoil of of his enemies coming after him. He had this quiet rest, quiet assurance in God and in God alone. It's relationship with God that's right. It's relationship with God that he enjoys. It's relationship with God that is secure. It's relationship with God that no one or nothing else can take away. And King David knew it. How much more can we? He will never be shaken, he says, because of this trust. And because of, not just because of his trust, I should say, because of the God in whom he is trusting. And it comes amidst the the troubles of this life. And so we come to this uh, first filling, if you like, a threat to trusting in God. And it's a filling that's loaded with a lot of hot chilli, I would add, because here it is, it's persecution, where, where people are after David. Uh, we knew that before David actually came to the throne, uh, Saul was after him. And now probably more, this uh, is the context. His son Absalom... Is, is, is gaining supporters for, for his, for Absalom's, uh, you know, taking over the throne from David. We see this, as, you know, it's like an assault on the king of Israel. As if the king of Israel is like a, a fence that's sort of rotten and starting to fall over and he says, you're just wanting to kick me down. That's how he felt. Like it's fairly severe persecution. They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. Not only is there outward physical persecution, but there's, there's inward falsehood and lies and deceit about him. Verse 4, they take delight in lies with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. We see King David suffering 
in this way. And of course, ultimately, as Jesus takes up the songbook, we see him suffering in this same way also, betrayed by the hands of those close to him, despised and rejected, uh, as we sang in our second song, Man of Sorrows, despised and rejected, brutalised and killed. And as we take up the songbook of the Messiah, because we follow Jesus, so too these words can be meaningful for us. For we too will be persecuted as God's people as we follow Jesus. Well, David, possibly freshly reminded of, of the threat uh, that was around him, uh, starts again on encouraging him, his own self his own soul, to continue to trust in God. It's sort of like a word of encouragement that he has for himself. You know, keep on trusting God. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. Well, let's uh, read these verses 5 to 8 together. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. He's reminding himself. He's reminding himself of God's goodness. He's reminding himself of the rest that he can have with the Lord. The rest for his soul. In contrast to his enemies who seek to knock him down, his trust is in God his rock and salvation. In contrast to the enemies, his enemies of God and his enemies who come after him intending to kill him, his trust is in the one who is his fortress. And in contrast to his enemies who spread lies, tearing him down, his trust is in the Lord who, verse 7, will defend his honour. It's God who will defend the anointed one's honour even in the midst of persecution, hatred, deceit and lies against him. And of course, the same is said of Jesus, who in his suffering entrusted himself to God, his heavenly Father, and who was ultimately vindicated. But we see also in these verses an encouragement not just to himself, find rest, O my soul, in God alone, but also there's an encouragement for others to trust in the Lord as well. Let's read verses, uh, verse 8 here together. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Uh, just by the way, um, you would have seen it uh, in the reading that Adele read for us. There was this little word, selah, S-E-L-A-H. No one really quite knows what... I didn't I put it in here, but no one really quite knows what it means except uh, it seems uh, that, it, that it is like just, just pause now, have a rest and think about this. That's the closest thing that we can understand uh, what that word means. It was sort of like a, an instruction to the, to the music director and to the people as they sang. Now this is a really good spot to sit, look, Think, meditate on. 
Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. These are precious words. Precious words to meditate on. Precious words to memorise. The invitation to God who is almighty and who is sovereign and who is good, as we will see at the end of this psalm, is to us, his people, to come to him and to pour out our hearts to him. As King David did and as King David encouraged others to do. There is a friend that will listen, but God is the friend who listens to all and who understands us and we can pour out our hearts to him in all the disappointments, in all the changes of this life, in all the troubles, in all the persecutions, in all the misunderstandings, in all the harsh words that other people say, in all of those cutting words that they might speak to us. We can pour out our hearts to God for he is our refuge. Take a break and think about it. Well, as we uh, eat our way through this sandwich, hopefully you don't have indigestion yet, but we come to the second threat to trusting God and if the first filling had a lot of chilli in it, I think this one's got a lot of sugar in it uh, because there's a sweetness of allurement to trust in others uh, for whatever reason or to trust in our possessions in speaking of those who were possibly maybe he had in mind those who were a threat to him whether they be low-born you know in other words maybe if they've got nothing but they're in the army or whether they're a general whether they're low-born or high-born, he says, at the end of the day, they are just a vapour. Don't put your trust in them. You know, it's so, it's so easy for us to, to, to put our trust in others, to think that relationship is going to save my life. This will, you know, that person, if I just get alongside that person of great influence, my life will be so different. And people, have, you know, there's this term influencers now. I don't know if you know this. By the way, if you don't know what an influencer is, good on you. I reckon you're, you're safe from a lot of modern troubles, you know. But uh, influencers, well, you know, that's a new term. As far as I'm aware, it's a new term. But, you know, people love getting, you know, love influencers and love getting to know influencers because influencers, are, they influence other people. And if you can influence other people, you've got power, you've got authority, you've got influence. Influence is what we need. And so, but he's saying, doesn't matter whether they're low-born or high-born. All of them are but a vapour. Don't put your trust in them. But a mist. And secondly, don't put your trust in possessions. Verses 9 or 10. Because they too are a threat to trusting in God. Whether these possessions come uh, in, acquired improperly through extortion or through stolen goods 
or a legal, a legal acquisition of wealth, though your wealth increases. He says, well, in either case, don't set your hearts upon them. Now, this is a real threat to trusting in God, and that is trusting in possessions or money or what money can get or buy for us. It's a real threat to trusting in the Lord. If verses 3 and 4, you know, the outward attacks from his enemies as if, you know, he's a tottering fence and they're going to kick him down. If that was like an outward attack, then this threat to trusting in God is more an inward one. The desires of the heart, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life, the desire for more, the gain, the power, the influence. Do not set your hearts upon them, but trust in the Lord. Whether there's power in extortion or pride in possession, it was a significant issue for the kings of Israel. We see that in David, we see that in Solomon, we see it in all of the kings who gained much and who trusted less. And it's a real issue for us. So if riches increase, thank the Lord for them and use them wisely for his kingdom. But do not set your hearts upon them. It's a real, th- it's a real threat to trusting in the Lord. But this psalm ends with a final underscore, which what I call the foundation of the psalmist's trust in God and his rest in God and God alone. And so we're back to the final piece of bread for our club sandwich in Psalm 62, verses 11 and 12. Let's read these two verses together. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Here's the foundation of the trust. Just so happens to be the last piece of bread on the club sandwich, which is pretty good, you know, because it's at the foundation. And here is the foundation. It's the sovereignty of God. It's the love of God. And it's the justice of God. These three things David pulls together. God's told him, Interestingly, you know, the, the poetic language of the, of, of the Israelite language, one thing God has spoken, two things I've heard. Okay, we're thinking now, we're listening now. What is it? God is sovereign. God is loving. God is just. He will judge. This is the foundation of David's trust in the Lord. The sovereignty of God means God can deliver. He is strong to deliver. The love of God means God will deliver for our good and for his glory. The justice of God means that we can trust him in everything because he will deal with everyone according to what we have done. By the way, 
uh, verse 12, the second half of this verse, surely he will reward each person according to what he's done, is not sneaking some sort of works-based salvation in at the end. No, it's not because David's salvation is in God and in God alone. Not in what he has done plus a bit of God. No, it's in God and in God alone is my salvation. But it is expressing the relationship that he has with God. Relationship with God which changed David's life. Relationship with God through his spirit that brought about that trust in his sovereign goodness and loving care and his ultimate justice. And how much more do we know the love of God, the sovereignty of God and the justice of God in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who has come. So much more do we know of God than David ever did when King Jesus arrives, sovereign, loving, good and just. And we, as we look to the Anointed One, we see exactly how he lived, entrusting himself to his Father, when they hurled insults at him, Peter writes, he did not retaliate, he entrusted himself to his heavenly father. There's trust in the midst of persecution. And he did not turn to the people of this world to seek a claim, nor to the possessions of this world to gain influence. But he served his heavenly father, entrusting himself to him, enduring all things, obedient even to death for us and in line with his Father's will, not my will but yours be done. And now exalted, raised to life and exalted. And friends, whatever affliction we are going through or trouble we may have at this present moment, we too are called to trust in the Lord at all times and pour out our hearts to him and listen again to his word the things that God has said he is loving he is sovereign he is good and he will judge justly the one who trusts in the Lord and who seeks salvation from him alone who has made the Lord his or her fortress and who continues to trust, even when the enemies encircle, we will find rest. Rest. Rest for your soul. It's a pure, sweet joy to so have that relationship with God and that rest from him that only he can give. How about I pray for his help that we would do this. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have provided rest for us, ultimately in the Lord Jesus Christ, who says, Come to me, all who are wearied and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you that we can pour out our heart to you for you are our rock and our salvation, our fortress, our refuge. 
We acknowledge the fleetingness of our own life and yet we acknowledge, Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are loving and that you are the just judge. Help us to hold on to your Son, our Lord Jesus, and the rest that we can have in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.